Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make Special guest today, McNair Wilson, known to me as Craig because I go so far back with him, and uh, uh, one of the most creative, funny men I know, and uh, just one of my favorite all-time people. But now, Craig and I, Craig, we we uh, we know the Pharisees because we go way back. Craig, I've, uh, I I died when I find out found out he went to church as a kid. At a, to a church that was very much like my church. It was only five blocks away from my house. San Gabriel Union. What was it, Craig? San Gabriel? Yeah, San Gabriel Union, Union. Church, San Gabriel Christian School. Yep. Yeah. Lost Tunis and Yeah. Yep. So you did the Christian school thing on top of the top of church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. We, you're yeah, a born, we were, you're a born, Yeah. Well, yeah, I was born saved. Yeah, I was born saved. I never had a chance to sin until I was about seventeen. <laughs> okay, so we. <laughs> what is that strange sound going on? It sounds like you have a a heavy breathing, uh, a little gnome there or something. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> Are, are, are I am, you sure I am you don't heavy. have? Well, I, I am heavy and I am breathing, but other than that, yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry, I, I, I hope, know what it might hope be. there's not something. I hope there's some, something wrong with our line here. We'll have to figure that out. But um, so, Craig, um, we're we're spending the last uh, two weeks. We've been talking and the catch about Pharisees and. Uh, it's all coming out of a book I wrote called uh, 12 Steps for the Recovering Pharisee. And because uh, I, I realize Phariseeism is something that is rampant, I believe, in the church and certainly was in my life and continues to be, to a large extent, something I struggle with. So I felt that uh, to be a recovering Pharisee might might work and might fit really well. Um because uh, I realize I'm probably going to always have some of this going on in my life in some form or another. Um, so tell me, I, what do you what do you think of when you think of the Pharisees, uh, the guys 
the guys in Jesus' day. What do, well, what do you think, the, sir? Certainly on the surface, they're the lawmakers. They're the professional clergy. You know, um, to, to me, they're the, you know, the people that run around with clipboards and slide rulers and magnifying glasses and microscopes to make sure everybody's behaving, which means doing it not necessarily the right or wrong way, but doing it the way they say it should be done, not the way they're doing it. And not even the mm. way, you know, because there was a mosaic law, not even the way that the their law says it should be done. I remember Dr. Francis Schaeffer, somebody asked him one time about salvation for those who live, you know, in what we would call the fourth world that has been untouched by modern world, who have not heard of Jesus. How, are they, how will they be judged in the last day? And he said, well, they will have their own set of credos that they've established for their lives, and we will see have they lived by that. And, and his quiz was always... Pick three things that you think you should live by. He said, within a week, you'll break all three of them. Hmm. In other words, you, you, you tell me, what are the rules for your life? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, I, of course, I, I think he's probably right. So are you saying that uh, Pharisees will always be with us in some form or another? Yes, where two or more are gathered together, there's going to be an argument and a parking problem. And the argument is going to be over <laughs> probably behavior. You know, what does it mean to be Christian, Christ-like? I mean, I, I remember asking my dad, who, who was the principal of that school that I attended, you, you know, why are there different denominations? So and he says, well, one denomination split up over um, the term saved versus uh, born again or something like that. And I thought, or, 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 no, it was the term Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit. And I thought, well, that does it. Now, in you know, Staying in the church, and you know, and I've always been upset about stuff in 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 the body of Christ. But the difference is, unlike my friends, I didn't go away. I stuck around and gave everybody a bad time about it. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> and but but I thought now I'm at a place where I can appreciate the different. I like to call them flavors and the denominations that you know the Lutherans may emphasize grace. Doesn't mean they don't believe in other things, and it doesn't mean others don't believe in grace. Uh, and so on, whereas charismatics may emphasize the spirit and the gifts of the spirit and those kinds of things. Uh, of course, you do have groups who say, well, we don't believe in that at all, and so on and so on. Um, but the Pharisees, have all, we've always had those who are the law givers, the law makers. Um, along the way, the various Christian schools I attend, one was very, very legalistic. It's kind of one that we always made fun of when I was a kid, and finally when I was a sophomore in high school, we moved to the Bay Area, and ended up ended up at a school. They just had unbelievable. Had twenty five school rules, very. And one of those rules was no spitting on walls, lockers, or other students. And I raised my <laughs> hand. I said, "So, so we're allowed to spit on teachers? Is that what you're telling me?" <laughs> and I was serious. You're going to be that specific? Yeah. And you didn't mention teachers. And oh man, that, yeah. that was the beginning of a long, slow grind. And that's what happens with Pharisees. You know, they get so specific that they leave something out. Um, and, yeah. and but but you know the truth is, I believe we all have a Pharisee gene in us. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. that we're where we're constantly evaluating, which is the nice word, judging, which is the most more accurate word. Yeah. Others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I mean, one of my favorites about myself, my Pharisee gene, and happened in the while I was living in the Bay Area. Um, I was pulling out of a parking spot that was illegal. 
you know, it was a fire zone or yellow loading zone or something. And I'd park there just to run in and do something. And I'm, I was serving God that day, so it was okay for me to park there. That's in my head, right? As I'm yeah. going out, looking over, looking over at the oncoming traffic, because it's on, a, it's on a, a commercial street, so it's parallel parking, I see a car waiting to get into my slot. And my immediate thought was, put the car in the park, get out, and go explain to that person, you can't park here, it's illegal. <laughs> you can't park in this illegal spot where I am currently parked. I can oh, park. I can park yeah. there. You know, can yeah. can you go? Can you can you use the handicapped parking spot if you're not handicapped? If the reason you're going to park there is you're going to a Bible study, well, of course that's okay. Yeah, you're doing the Lord's work. Well, stupidity is a handicap, <laughs> and so you you know. I mean, it shows up on those tiny, tiny levels, but it also shows up, you know, on the larger levels as well. And and so my my dad, who was a great, you know, he was his whole life was a teachable moment. He didn't say practice what you preach. He said think about only preaching what you are already practicing and practicing well. Hmm, that's a good but one. The, but yeah, but the follow up to that is if you are practicing it, you need not to preach it because people will see it in your life. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. What's that old saying? Go ahead. That's all right. I want want to hear the old saying. Do you remember it? (laughs) Well, it's that old thing of the best gospel. The best gospel version is the one that's caught, not taught. Yes. We catch it by by seeing the example or by being a part of a group that just practices the gospel in the way they are. Yeah. Which... um, yeah, but but the Pharisees were all into the law and the nitpicking, and uh, I like what you said earlier. I want to t- want to hear you talk a little bit more about that. It, they had it down to rules that they didn't even follow. Did I hear you say that? Oh, sure. Which like Congress, you know, there, there's there's literally a law that Congress is not obliged to follow a whole bunch of stuff that it passes as laws for the rest of us. Hmm. It's insane. Wow. It's just, I mean, talk about Pharisees. And 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 uh. left, right, conservative, liberal, socialist, whatever they are, they they all go yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and the the problem the problem with that is what? <laughs> do you think? Do you, do you think every so you think every religion has Pharisees? Oh. Pretty much. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I think we get the word from Jewish tradition, but I think the existence of Pharisees has nothing to do with religion. They're everywhere. Mm. I mean, they're, mm. the, the, the example we just talked about, they're, you know, it's, it's the way our lawmakers make laws that, that don't apply to them. Or what uh, one of my favorite uh, thinkers, Tom, Dr. Thomas Sowell at, at the Hoover Institute at Stanford, uh, world-famous economist, very interesting gentleman. Uh, Soul S O W E L L. People can look up his columns. He's he's witty, mm-hmm. he's brilliant, and and he talks he talks about it first about first stage thinking that we pass these laws because they're going to take care of this problem right now. 
you know, and the extreme example would be taking to the way you fix a pothole is by putting way too much asphalt in it, so it makes a big hump in the middle of the road, and people will drive around it. And by doing that, they, the pothole won't be a problem. Well, what about tomorrow when you've got that big hump, hump in the middle of the road? And there's so much that we do that's just first stage thinking. We we quickly rush in, and it's it's the thing not not to get political so much. But, you know, one of the things about Pharisees that I just loathe is their fussy, puritanical street. They want everything perfect. Yeah. And, and, I, and I see that in politics today. We're upset with X, so we want the new X because they're going to be so much better. And it's like, how do we know? And, and I mm-hmm. think that when I talk to, talk to friends, uh, especially who say, well, I'm going to vote for somebody who's not a politician. I don't automatically think that somebody who's been a politician a long time or short time is automatically a bad bad person. Let's look at their, they got a record, let's look at that. But but the, the the real complaint that I think people have when they say, well, Congress isn't doing anything, the real complaint should be with Mr. Adams and Mr. Jefferson and the guys who created this deliberative body that didn't allow them to quickly make laws, you know, to do mm. that first stage thinking. And I think sometimes in the church we do that. And, you know, it's, it, it's so brilliant. The, the, the second half of the Ten Commandments, the tablet on the left, I always say, um, (laughs) it's about behavior. It doesn't tell you what to do. It tells you what not to do. Don't murder. Don't lie. Don't steal. Mm -hmm. Don't don't covet what's not yours. And that's pretty clear stuff. How hard would it be to follow those those four or five things? But the Pharisees, they, they came up with thousands of other do's and don'ts. They had, yeah, because they couldn't follow the four or five things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Uh, what did you mean exactly by that? Why was Jesus so hard on the Pharisees? Then? Uh, and he was ruthless to those guys, wasn't he? I mean, well, I... I think he took some of it personally because they have, I think for, for him, for a lot of, for him, a lot of it was uh, a family issue in that, you know, you're, you're disgracing mm. my father. You're not listening to what my dad gave you. He gave you some very clear instructions and you've gone so far away from that. You, oh. you, you've taken, you've taken the tablets, you put them in an ark, then you lost the ark. So we'll make up some new stuff. And I think he took it very personally. And also because, you know, if he is, and I believe he is, if if he's a child of God and we're children of God, he's our brother. We are his brothers and sisters. And so he's also concerned for his brothers and sisters. And the same way I'm concerned for my brother. You know, when he and I played on the same same little league team, I wanted the the, the umpire to, to, to call balls and strikes and, foul balls and everything just as rigorously on my brother as he did on every other guy on the team. And when he didn't, I was probably more upset for things called against my brother than other, other players. Mm-hmm. So I think for, J- mm. for Jesus, it was very, very personal. And that, you know, that speaks to his hu- humanness, which is something oh. the church says, That's... and then they leave it alone. Never thought of that, Craig. I love that idea. Wow. I have to give that some more thought. But, uh, you know, do you ever wonder, though, that that he was so hard on them that, that you know, it almost 
almost like he didn't give them a chance. Like, like you know, they they should be able to have grace too. But sure, it didn't. You know, it, it didn't seem like were they just totally not going to receive it, or, and he knew that. Well, first uh, of all, give them a chance. I mean, they've been they've been at this for a long time before he showed up. Mm-hmm. And they were and they were grown ups and they were accountable, and so you know if their feelings were hurt, well, golly darn, I'm sorry. You know, you guys have been at this a <laughs> long time, and you've got to know that some of what you're up to is just hucksterism. Mm-hmm. You know, you've created this own little world for your own little self. I mean, how many how many governors of Illinois are in jail, Republicans and Democrats? You know, they just pulled their own stuff. You know, you don't do that. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna be that way, then don't send emails. <laughs> don't don't write it down. <laughs> you know, my lawyer friends tell me one of the first things you learn in law school is write nothing down. Because <laughs> eventually, I mean, they'll subpoena your notes. They'll subpoena your scrolls. They'll just, you know, they have scribes. That was one of the one yeah. of the tasks. One of the yeah. disciples was a was a scribe. And uh, and that was his job, you know. He's the guy who wrote that. So they knew. How oh, did they make the world? So I think Jesus was tough on them because they were the main guys. You know, coaches yeah. are tougher on their best yeah. players. Coaches are tougher on the captain of the team. They expect more of them. And they sh- and they should. When Tiger Woods was at the top of his game, he got a new because I have a friend who was one of these people. He got a new personal golfing coach every year for something like 10, 15 years. And each year he changed his primary swing off the tee just to say, is there some other better way to do this? And this was at the height of his winning everything. Well, the, hmm. the, 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 I think Jesus was having kind of the opposite feel. You guys are at the top of your game. You're the main guys, and you're doing it exactly wrong. Wow. Why, you know, why, why did it take the cross to introduce grace to, to, to the world? Were people being graceful before then? Yeah, they probably were, but not on a not on an institutional level. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one of my favorite quotes about about Christianity, and it's not from a Christian. Bertrand Russell, the famous British humanist, who said that that Christianity has done a better job of telling the world that they're condemned than reminding them that they're forgiven. Yeah. Well, and, and, who do you think? And the, con- the condemned is. You know, that's kind of the that's kind of the modus operandi of the of the Sanhedrins. You know, you pull their robe aside, and they've all got a swash with their merit badges, and one of them is condemnation. Who do you think are the most obvious the most obvious Pharisees of of the day uh, in in the church today? Well, it would be easy it would be easy to pick on, you know. TV and radio preachers that harangue against this and that and the other thing, or you know anybody anybody who, who's in charge, but in charge is, you know, you can be in charge of your. I mean, I'm sitting here alone at home in my studio office, and and I'm in charge of me. Um, mm-hmm. But but it's you know it's anybody that that that, that either thinks they are a lawgiver, a law enforcer, or who, who actually is, or people whom we give that power to, whether or not they really have it. Mm. You know, we who, do that. Who? Yeah. 
Sorry, we somebody did a said, lot uh, to our pastors. So. Oh yeah, and and you know what? They don't want it. Hmm. They don't want they don't want you coming into their office dumping your their your little problem. But it's something they accept as a part of their call to to pastor, to lead, to shepherd, to teach, to um, to care, and and that's why you know some of the better churches that I've been a member of are ones where they've spread that out and they've had they've had mentors and they've had prayer groups and they've had small groups where people care for each other and so the big problems don't boil up to the top. Hmm. Because you've got a whole church, the whole what is it we call it? The body of Christ? Mm-hmm. Kind of pulling together yep. pulling together. To make sure you know, make sure the big things don't boil over at the top. So, you know, it it's um I mean, it's a it's it's part of my Pharisee gene to want to point to others who are, you know, imposing their stuff on me. But yeah, it's because I've I've let them do that. Yeah, that's good, Craig. You, uh, I like the way you went with that. I obviously set you up for you to be judgmental, and you did. Yes. <laughs> well, isn't that a, isn't that the, the the double whammy on this? I mean, we yeah. we judge when we judge people for judging. How do you ever get out yeah. of that? You know. Um, well, it's the thing. It's I hate it when somebody says, "Well, don't judge." We judge all the time. I I always get enamored. I was watching the news tonight. There's several states that are voting on the marijuana issue. I'm here in Colorado, and we've got legal marijuana, which yeah. of course means traffic. Traffic accidents are up. Uh, visits to emergency rooms by teenagers doing dope is up. Homelessness is up because kids are coming from all over to live in the streets mm-hmm. and smoke dope yep. in Denver. And that's, you know, you can point right to it. Anyway, um, yeah. So, 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 you know, the world is full of problems. The question is, whose problems are they? And if you if you if you can't start with your own problems, and somebody says, well, you know, it, it, the drug laws aren't working, and I say, well, how's that anti-murder law working? Why don't we get rid of that? <laughs> it doesn't seem to me that anybody's following it. You know, so start with yourself. Start with yourself. You know, yeah. and I, I heard a st- statistic that in the last election, for one reason or another, six million church-going evangelical Christians didn't vote in the presidential election. Wow. And I think, you know, if you're waiting for the perfect candidate, why don't you run? except that you'd probably, if you looked into your own record, you couldn't vote for you either. <laughs> yeah. You know, he'll say, well, the lesser two weeks. Go ahead. Start with, let's, let's start with Craig then. Um, and you know, where have you struggled the most with, where's your Pharisee gene stick its head up uh, most often? Oh, it, uh, well, have, have you got a, have you got a day? Um, <laughs> I, I, I certainly think I'm guilty of of um, being really tough on myself unnecessarily. At, you know, spending more time in worry that this isn't right. Mm. This is, you know, you've written books, songs, done co- we've done concerts together. I mean, I, I remember one of the second or third times we ever did a concert together, and you're asking my advice about the placement of the microphones and I went up to you and, and I pulled you aside I said John how many hundreds of these have you done without me and now you want me to tell you where to put the microphones but some of it too <laughs> is the is is the comfort of a friend 
is the having the other voice that you trust. But we do mm-hmm. that to ourselves. You know, I'm working on the second book in my creativity series. Now, it's it will be the sixth book I've written, but it's it's as hard as the last one was and the one before that. And I find myself beating myself up. This isn't right. This isn't right. This isn't right. And, mm. and people say, oh, yeah, but, you know, but you write the book. Well, it's hard work. It's hard work. And so what I have to do is trust that the gifts that God gave me, if I just them, a friend of mine who's written 16, 18 books, she said, if you just write every day, something good will come of it. And she's right. And I don't have any better day in my life than mm-hmm. the days that I sit down, sit down and what I call do me. And and so part of my mm-hmm. Pharisee thing is 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 having unrealistic expectations of myself, which which prevent me from being me, prevent me from moving forward. And I'm going to make mistakes. You know, if you try anything, you're going to make mistakes. But if you don't make mistakes, you're not going to learn. And if you don't learn, you're yeah. not going to grow and, and and move forward. And so what I have yeah. to do, what I have have to be careful of is is when I see things that I think, oh. This would be better if they did it this way. And uh, several years ago, a very, very close friend, still a close friend, when, when we were at Disney together designing theme parks and we'd go someplace and something was wrong with the restaurant layout or some way they did their service, he'd just say, until they ask, don't even worry about it, let alone try to say something about it. And and so one of the things that I'm able to do to let, let off steam is I'll do a quick cartoon about it in my whatever sketchbook I have with me at the time. And it gets it off my chest and I can move on. But it's so quick. To, to, and it's not, and it doesn't come from a place that I'm smarter than everybody. Golly, I hope I'm not. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's, it's, it's that judgmental spirit just at every turn, and especially when it's turned on me, that mm-hmm. perfectionist streak. When, when somebody says, well, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, mm-hmm. and I say, really? Who are, you, who are you using as your heroes and mentors? Because I hadn't found one. Wow. When you think of that, uh, you know, the classic parable that Jesus told about the uh, Pharisee who was thanking God he was not like the poor, wretched sinner down on his knees uh, who was pleading yes. God for God's mercy. And, and uh, of course, we know that the poor sinner was the one that God heard. What What do you think? Is, was the main difference between those two, the Pharisee and the guy on his knees? Well, I think the, I think people like the Pharisees, they rise to a place in, in society and in life where they just feel untouchable. And, and they just really feel like, well, this is, you know, I have been called to be the greatest of the best of the best. And I think... When you have more, you want more. You think about, um, you know, the, 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 uh, and this comes from an African-American friend of mine. He said, you know, he's old enough now. He's in his 70s. He says, I remember when we didn't have a third of the rights that we have now, 10, 20%. He said, but now that we have all these rights, now we want this. Now we want that. And every kid is like that. There's a place at Epcot Center, the United Kingdom Pavilion, and they have 400 years of different architecture on the facades of all those little buildings in that little English village they built. And there are 20, I think it's 22 doors that you can come in and out of in all the different shops and experiences there. And there's one that's locked because if you use it, when you're leaving the tea shop, you end up in a garden and you squash the 
things. So they keep it locked. Now you can go out another door and look at the tea at the garden, but you just can't use that particular door. And I can't tell you the number of complaints I get every day because that door is locked. People, we want what we we want what we can't have. It could be the tiniest, smallest, silliest thing. Hmm. But because we can't, no matter how much, so I think with the Pharisee, because he's got everything, he's got to find some, some, the only thing left for him to complain about is the little, is is the dirt on the feet and the sandals of the poor guy coming in to to leave his pins. Whereas the the poor person has so little to worry about. You've traveled in the third world, a lot of people have in Tanzania a few years ago with Compassion International and we're way out in the in the countryside. There's no electricity and we're with these kids who had nothing. If people go to my Facebook site, they'll see a picture of me passing out felt pens to the kids. They couldn't have been more excited. And these are felt pens that I get at the dollar store, 50 for a buck. Mm. And mm. they couldn't have been more excited. Whereas if it was American kids, only get one? Mm. So it's it's, it's, wow. it's when we had yeah. to had to. Yeah. There's a great yeah. old there's a great old Jewish story about a poor Jewish man who finally makes it into the big city of Prague, and he stops a, a, a magistrate on the on the street and he said, "I had a dream that that if I came to Prague, that that the secret to life would be found on this bridge here in Prague." And the magistrate says, "You know, I had a dream that if I could get to a little town." And he asked the old man, "Where you're from?" He told him this little town. I had a dream that the, the secret to life was in that little town if I could just get there. <laughs> you know, it's always what we can't have. Yeah, yeah. What about what about Pharisees? And do you think Pharisees think they sin? Do you think? Um, they have any concept of that in their life, and uh, you know, I just, I, I, to me, sin is a big, it's a big difference. It's a, a big issue. The, the obviously that the, the the publican saw his sin. He was crying out for God's mercy. The the Pharisee, he wasn't crying out for God's mercy because I guess he didn't see himself as a sinner. Do you think that's yeah, possibly the case? Yeah, I think um, I, I, I'll put it in for myself. I I think that after I be, became saved, which happened when I was ten years old, but as I grew into that, there came a point where I really knew that I was saved. I knew I was forgiven, but I also knew I was still a sinner. But I realized, yeah, but I sin better now. Now I've never done I've never done murder, but my sins are really well thought through and refined. They don't murder people. They don't. Draw. My dad used to say, you know, take a risk. If it doesn't draw blood or cause property damage, you're unwilling to pay for it. Go for it. And so I think it those are my sins. I don't draw blood. I don't. I don't do property damage. I sin really thoughtfully and really smartly. And God will forgive me, but He'll also understand that. There was a reason why I did this. It's a sin, but eh, the real point is it had to be done. And hmm. but, but it's still wrong. It's still wrong. You know, yeah. get, you yeah. know um, um, people don't know this. You mentioned just in passing at the, at the beginning calling me Craig, and I go by my middle name now, McNair. It was my grandfather's name, and I discovered in 1995 it means son of the servant. The Mick is the son of the cool. McNair was the servant. And I, so I use huh. it just to remind myself when I'm on stage, either in the theater or in, in you know, Q 
keynote addresses or they're speaking at conferences and, and, and gatherings, that this is about serving others. If I didn't do that, it would be so easy to think, boy, aren't I special? And I'm special, but so are you, and so is everybody. You know, and so if I, yeah. I realize, you know, but but I but I sometimes, I don't know if I think this even consciously, but I have this this ongoing sense that when I do something wrong, yeah, but there was a good reason for that. Yeah, it's a it's a so the Pharisees had their sin. It, 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 well, they were comparing that too. They they had it rationalized and and. Oh, sure. uh, and, and and they had it not quite as bad, not as bad as the other guys. Yeah. Um, and it's always, and it's always for us yeah. to, you know, you know, look at mafia guys and say, well, they murdered people. Yeah, but those people were were a problem. They needed to murder those people. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what they thought. Yeah. But we just need to be we just need to be careful to look at the Pharisee and say, well, I'm not like that. Well, yeah, yeah. we are. That's when we're in trouble. Uh, the minute yeah. we start doing that. Yeah, that's when we're in trouble. Well, I one last thing. I, I've been thinking about this. Uh, you know, it, it seems doesn't not seem ironic to you that we've got a gospel that is all about Christ dying to forgive us our sins, so that uh, any if if anybody could come and be honest about their sin, wouldn't it wouldn't it make sense that it would be the Christian because the Christian has already forgiveness we know we know christ's blood is going to cover it so shouldn't we have the easiest time of anybody admitting our sin and yet why is it that it seems to be just the opposite yeah it's i think you're oh you're absolutely right and i think that on the one hand i'm forgiven why should i tell anybody about it hmm but the other hmm. side is, but but maybe in telling somebody about it, they say, you know, that was my that was my sin, and you're sharing yours, and you're saying, I got through this. I mean, look what look what a lot of the rehabilitation yeah. the groups that Alcoholics Anonymous have done just by creating a safe place for people to come and talk about it, and people who are a day or two or a year or a decade ahead of somebody else in their recovery, one day at a time, mm-hmm. like a decade, one day at a time. They can say to somebody, "You're going to feel this. You're going to feel this. You're going to feel this. You're, this is going to come up. This is going to come up. Call me. You know, the way you stop drinking is call me, and I'll meet you for a cigarette and a cup of coffee. And then you have to join Coffee Anonymous and Cigarettes Anonymous. But anyway, it's um, <laughs> it it uh, and and I'm not I'm not necessarily a big believer in just exposing yourself willy nilly, but I think there are places in relationships with us, and it's the thing I love about a church, a body of believers that know you and are accountable to you. So when you go on mm-hmm. a trip and you come home and say, we haven't seen you a couple of weeks, where have you been? Everything okay? You know, were you traveling or did you just stay yeah. home? Or did you stay home? You know, was yeah. it was it the Broncos or bronchitis? You know, what what's the reason? And um, <laughs> so I, I think I think sharing our sins that you know, my dad used to say one of the proofs of proofs of God's love is that when we accept Jesus is our Savior. He doesn't immediately take us to heaven. He lets us stick around and run the potential of being in the way. Or <laughs> stick, stick around to grow and show others the way. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I think that's it. And uh, I, and I, 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 
we end up where I wanted to end up because uh, to me there's something about you know anonymous AA that that uh, allows people to be struggling and so that we can do that together. And um, to me, that that would eradicate the Pharisee pretty quick if we're all, you know, we all know we hit bottom and we all need to get to God together. Yes. So uh, so that's what I think we need to focus on. And um, uh, this has been super. I want to thank you for joining me and, and just kind of talking about I didn't get to ask you my really big question so I'll I'll do it the last we got enough time here's 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 the one I designed just for you Craig if you were to have a presentation at the 200th annual Pharisee convention what would you do I'd say if you can be honest with yourself look in the mirror and point the finger you've pointed at the rest of the world and say hey, you need to fix this. And whatever this is, take a week and fix it, or a month, however long it takes. Pick something, fix it, change it. It takes 70 days to improve a behavior 100%. Because if I improve improve 1% a day, then tomorrow I'm already at 101%. And the next day it's 1% of 100, you know, and so on and so on. It only takes 70 days. And so pick something. Pick one thing. If you try to look at everything, I had a guy in my theater company one time, and people come on, he's done this, he's done this, and he's done this. So I had a staff meeting, and I said, okay, give me five things that he needs correcting, and I'll see what I can do. And I went to him, and I said, hey, let's work on this. And I just picked one of them. I picked the, the quickest, easiest thing for him to change and for change to be seen by others. And in like three days, people couldn't believe he wasn't doing this little. And they weren't awful things. They just, you know, kind of bothersome things. And then we picked another one. And within a month, we had absolutely, I mean, he still was funny and all the things we needed him to be, but these behaviors that were a little bit just, you know, bugging people were gone. And so I'd say to the Pharisees, pick one thing that you suspect or somebody's told you. And if you don't know what it is, if I can tell people, every company has a curmudgeon. If you can't think of who that is in your company, it's you. (laughs) So... Somebody's told you somewhere along the line, a fellow Pharisee says, you know, that little thing you do, it kind of gets on people's nerves. Pick that, change it. Just change that. And then find something else. And watch people watching you change. Hmm. Well, fantastic. Thank you, McNair. Okay. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, say hi. And, uh, I will say hi to the wife. And, yes, uh, or anyone else in the family it. who admits knowing me. I will. I will, and we'll be seeing Chandler again fairly soon. And, and uh, so we will. We will. And uh, I'm about ready to be a grandpa. I didn't tell Uh-oh. you that. I Uh-oh. didn't tell you that. Any day now. The due date was actually yesterday. So uh, probably within a couple of weeks we're going to be there. So should be fun. Whole new oh, chapter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my man. Thanks okay, for being you. on the show. Appreciate it so much. Love you too. You bet. Take care. Okay, John. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, there you have it, folks. A, a lot of really good talk about Pharisees and what it takes.
to be one and then hopefully not be one, which is really what we want. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. I, I certainly have. And uh, I loved it. Uh, I love Craig's answers. I, in fact, he surprised me a bunch of times and makes me want to go back and have to listen to this. And, uh, and and find out because uh, he got me, he really got me thinking. But uh, let's, let's think about that last thing. Uh, if you point a finger, they say when you point a finger, there's three coming back at you. Take one of those things that you were pointing to someone else and turn that around and make, apply that to yourself. Because really... You know, we only judge the things that we are aware of because we're guilty of them ourselves. That's the way this works. So you turn that around. When you start judging, the little red flag goes up. Turn it around to yourself and then say, I got to change something. I got to do something about that. That's so uh, there you go. That's uh, another episode of uh, Blog Talk Radio, and uh, it's been great having you on the show. I hope uh, I hope you join join us soon, and I hope you. Uh You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together.